Today's show is sponsored in part by Retronyms. Retronyms makes tools for music creators. AudioCopy is a free app for recording, editing, and sharing music. You can find loops and grooves in any style to fit your taste. Make music whenever, wherever. Tap your inspiration and remember to keep it fresh. To get audio copy for free, visit retronyms.com slash pod. That's R-E-T-R-O-N-Y-M-S dot com slash pod. Giant robots smashing into other giant robots. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing Into Other Giant Robots podcast. My name is Ben Orenstein, and I'm here today with Brinkley Warren. Hey, Brinkley. Hey, how's it going, man? Good, good. So I was saying earlier that this is, uh, in a way, probably the most perfect podcast for you to be on, given your, your mission and our name. So maybe for those people that have been under a rock or whatnot, haven't been on the internet in a little while, can you kind of give us some background of, of what's going on and what's about to go down? Sure. So uh, our company, Megabots Inc., uh, based out of San Francisco Bay Area, uh, challenged a uh, Japanese company called Sudobashi Heavy Industries to the world's first giant human piloted robot duel. And they accepted the challenge uh, back in July. Uh, with the one caveat being that, uh, you know, we can't just have like giant paintball uh, projectile weapons uh, in the in the duel, but we have to actually have melee combat. And so uh, then we accepted that melee combat challenge and uh, we're right in the middle of a, a big Kickstarter campaign asking America to uh, be a real patriot and uh, support this Kickstarter so that we can uh, make this the world's first giant robot duel is as, as badass as it can be. Yeah, it's so it's, it's quite a campaign. The video is awesome and, and inspiring, and, and the campaign is very close. So the goal is to raise half a million, but four hundred forty-seven thousand. So you're you're knocking on the door. We're knocking on the door. We still need you know we need people's help uh, to you know to push us over over that edge, and then and then it gets really interesting with our stretch goals. Uh, so we've got like some amazing uh, people that are lined up to help us build this robot. So like people at NASA, you know, we've got some of the best special effects uh, people, sort of visual effects people from Hollywood who worked on The Matrix, uh, Star Wars, Terminator. Uh, and they've committed to actually putting like a super awesome paint job and uh, some new armor plates and on the robot if we hit some of our stretch goals. So, you know, this thing will probably end up being on TV around the world, and we want it to look like a science fiction movie or a video game uh, coming coming alive. So, totally. And and for people that haven't seen it, it's worth like clicking through some links and checking. Like the these robots are enormous. Like the so the Mark II, which is like the current generation Mark III to be uh, is being built now, I guess, or is the Mark II with plus upgrades? Yeah, so it's the Mark II with upgrades. Okay, is gotcha. What, is what we're uh, raising money on Kickstarter for right now. Yep. So, but but it's twelve thousand pounds right now. Uh, and seats two, which is it just, it's pretty it's it's awesome looking. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's you know, for people that can't uh, see it or that haven't seen it, I mean, there's two humans inside of the cockpit. This thing stands up to be 15 feet tall. It's running a 24 horsepower gas engine, uh, which is powering a 2500 psi hydraulic system. We've got like 13 degrees of freedom across 20 hydraulic actuators. Uh, it's got giant paintball guns on either arm. So it's like a human. So it's a humanoid robot from the waist up. And then uh, we've got it on some basically like some tank treads uh, as the feet. But yeah, this thing is uh, it is a massive beast. And it's the uh, only the second human piloted giant robot in the world uh, after the Japanese team. So Perfect. And so you sort of looked around the world and said, there's actually only one other robot that is doing what we're doing. So we may as well challenge them to a duel to the death. Yeah, you know, like we had been telling people what we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And the challenge video was a way of showing people what it could be. 
And that really struck a chord, you know, with, with the American people and just uh, the whole world, honestly. I mean, like 1,100 news articles were written about it. And it was, it became clear. It's like people have watched so many, you know, science fiction movies and read the science fiction books and played these video games. And it's just so clear that people are hungry for this to happen, for this to be the future of sports and for technology to kind of uh, become a, a really badass part uh, of the of the future of sports. Yeah. So in my reading about this, the, the eventual hope is to create a giant robots sports league. That's right. Yeah. Aren't you worried that might be too awesome for the world? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, no. <laughs> what we envision is something similar to the, you know, the same feeling that people get when they watch the Olympics. Mm. Um, but just combine that with a science fiction superhero movie. And that'll just give you a little taste of what it could be. I mean, imagine these, you know, you're sitting in an arena, you know, you've got like eight teams, each robot representing their country. You've got the Brazilian robot decked out in green and yellow. You know, you've got the uh, Australian robot, the Japanese robot, the Russian robot. And uh, just imagine their introductions, you know, like as their entire country gets behind them as they come into the battlefield and and start taking on these other countries in a, in a, you know, a tournament, a global tournament featuring human piloted giant robots. And the cool thing is that like, it's not about only the robot. I mean, the robots are amazing pieces of technology, but it's about the pilots and the teams that, and the engineers who actually like build these things. Right. So that's our ultimate goal is, um, is actually building these, these kits, uh, these like robot kits that empower teams from around the world to build their own giant robots. So that's what we're uh, you know, going to be working on really hard in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's such a crucial decision to uh, to have made that there are going to be pilots in the robots, that they're not remote controls. That really changes the feel of the whole thing. Totally. It's the same as like NASCAR or Formula One or something like this. Um, and it's and the it's same as like MechWarrior, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's like the same as the video games. It's the same as uh, Ripley and Aliens, you know, when she's in the um, in, in, in the suit during that final scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's something really special about humans being inside uh, of the robot. And that's like a, a way to get the best out of the you know world of robotics and also get the best out of, you know, what humans can bring to the table. I mean, if you guys watch the DARPA Robotics Challenge, it's sort of hilarious because you see that some of these robots you know, they try to open a doorknob and they like fall down on their face, mm-hmm. like a massive fail. But um, and then but then you give them like a steel beam to lift or something, and they like can easily do it. So you know, trying to take like the the things that robots do best uh, and keep those elements, but then also you know have a human in there to open the freaking doorknob. You know, yeah. Totally. So. And, and also just from an excitement point of view, like we like to pretend we're all sophisticated, uh, civilized creatures, but people want to see people in danger and like explosions totally. and things blowing up around other humans. Just at that element of like, wow, you actually might get hurt doing this definitely makes it more exciting. Totally. It's, it's pushing. I mean, in the end of the day, it's human performance. I mean, that's what sports really are. And so this is cool because it it includes engineering in a major way in Mm. the sport. Mm -hmm. And so it's still about human performance. And that's what we love when we watch the Olympics and get really passionate about, you know, you're the American hero, you know, taking the victory globally. It's the same feeling of like, wow, this person literally has pushed the limit of what a human can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in the same way that astronauts go out into space or Olympians you know, go out onto the uh, go to the Olympiad and bring glory home, we're trying to tap into some of those same phenomenon 
uh, with megabots. Yeah. Does willingly putting yourself in a the cockpit of a battle robot void your life insurance policy? <laughs> no comment on insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Something to be worked out later. Yeah. So I, I've I've read that the plan is so during this um, as a safety measure during this uh, battle is to have a big red button in the co- in each cockpit. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, yeah. I mean, we want the battle to be sort of as organic as possible. And so, you know, people have always been asking us like, oh, what are the rules going to be? What are the rules going to be? And this is the first one. I mean, this is the first time that anything like this is going to happen. And so we want to be sort of organic with how we approach it in the same way that, you know, maybe boxing probably didn't begin with judges. It probably just began with two dudes in a bar drinking and getting into a fight and then everybody in the bar surrounding them and being like, okay, like no glass. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So we want it to be, you know, raw, super entertaining. And so the, you know, if a robot falls over, you know, and stops working, then people will know that the other robot won and the one that's on the ground lost. Uh, so we sort of want that. And then, and then the big red button is really like the ultimate safety kind of tap out button. So, I mean, our robot is hopefully going to have a eight foot long chainsaw on one of the arms <laughs> like we have no idea what uh Sudobashi and the japanese squad is going to put on their robot for melee weapons but you mm-hmm. can only imagine <laughs> like looking at gundam uh what kinds of you know swords or who knows what kind of like weapons they're going to have and so you can imagine sure. that these two robots go up against each other you know if the chainsaw breaches the cockpit we can't have the first event like this to go down in history as being just a, a an extreme bloodfest. Right. We want to get as close as we possibly can to that extreme. Yep. Um, but we also have to have that that tap out button, that ability to ultimately keep the team safe if the if the chainsaw you know is three feet away from your face. Right. So, so each team will have a button in their cockpit that that will stop both robots. Yeah, something like that. You know, a lot of the details we're still working through um, mm-hmm. with uh, Sudobashi. But, um, you know, for instance, we were talking, I was talking to somebody from uh, one of my buddies who works at uh, NASA. And he was telling me, you know, he's like, yeah, you, you can't put the, the button anywhere on the on the structure. It should probably be like on the person's suit. Hmm. Uh, and that's because if the cockpit gets compromised and like the chainsaw breaches the cockpit and hits the button, then what are you going to do? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, just key learnings like that from from people who have already done something similar, whether that be you know NASCAR or astronauts. So there's still a lot of things, you know, details to work out. But yeah, they'll they'll be the equivalent of a tap out button. Mm-hmm. So is is the goal to do this about a year from now? Yeah, to do it about uh, one year from now in a neutral territory. Um, so we're we're working on that. We've gotten some interest from foreign countries, which is uh, fascinating. Yeah. Then uh, our ultimate goal would be to uh, put it on an aircraft carrier right there in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> International we'll waters. International waters, yeah. No rules governing the uh, the robot battle. Yeah, you know, not sure if you need insurance on the high seas. You know what I mean? Uh, I see. Interesting. <laughs> and now we'd like to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's podcast, Media Temple. For years, Media Temple's grid service has been the web hosting choice of more designers, developers, and creative professionals than any other platform. That's because a single grid account can host anything from your portfolio site to 100 different client projects. And the grid is ready for anything. Hundreds of servers work together to keep your sites online, even if you suddenly hit the front page of Reddit. Uh, We have a special discount for Giant Robots listeners. If you use promo code ROBOT25, all caps, 
you get 25% off web hosting. So go to mediatemple.net and enter your promo code on signup. Uh, so uh, you guys did a uh, AMA on Reddit. And one of the questions was, like, what, are the, what is the biggest, or what's the biggest hurdle technically on, on these upgrades that you're thinking about making? And the response was that the balance control system is one of the hardest things to do. Um, why is that so hard? Well, I mean, this is what we witnessed at the DARPA Robotics Challenge. I mean, when you've got 12,000 pounds and you've got 13 degrees of freedom, you know, moving in all different directions, it becomes a, a, a huge uh, software problem. I mm. mean, it's an algorithm problem, really to be able to dynamically take in data about what's happening in, in the environment hmm. and then adjust this gigantic physical thing uh, so that, you know, you're able to respond, you know, immediately within milliseconds to any, any changes. Uh, and so, you know, balance is a huge, is a huge thing. And, and what's so fascinating about this as, as I was personally like learning more about digging into the history of sports and the history of the Olympics and all of these kinds of things. I mean, Balance is something that's important in almost every combat sport, mm. whether it be wrestling and something like karate or, you know, Krav Maga. I mean, any sort of martial art, so much of it is about balance and keeping your your enemy, you know, off balance and then while also maintaining your balance. And so because it's this robot problem, uh, which is, you know, a huge aspect of what the DARPA Robotics Challenge was all about was that balance and, uh, and control problem. Mm -hmm. uh, and so taking that and then also looking at it from the view of martial arts and, you know, the, the importance of balance there, I mean, that's why it's such a, a hard problem. And we are working with uh, IHMC uh, on Team USA. They're a, a research group out of Florida, and they actually came in second at the uh, DARPA Robotics Challenge. And so they've been working on these types of balance, you know, balancing algorithms for over 10 years. Uh, and so uh, we're actually working with them to keep it upright and to keep it balanced. Uh, and what's really interesting as well is that the bigger the, the robot gets, the easier it is to balance. Hmm. So it's a, it's kind of a counterintuitive thing, but yeah. it's like holding a, a pencil on the, on the tip of your finger and trying to balance it versus holding a yardstick yeah. on the tip of your finger and trying to balance it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating when something is really, really hard for robots or software or uh, machines that we just do unthinkingly. Totally. But like the, we're, your brain is responding to so many inputs and making so many minor corrections all the time really fast that but it happens without any conscious thought. So it just it seems like it should just be easy. Right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of evolution that's gotten you know, us to this point, but it, it does give you an appreciation for other creatures as well. I mean, hmm. I mean, not only humans and all the stuff that humans are doing automatically just to be here, but, you know, look at like insects. Uh, I mean, a lot of robotics is about like building robots so that they're biomorphic. I mean, some of our best lessons come from the natural world in terms of, uh, you know, biomimicry and, and, and making the future of human vehicles more like what we see in nature. Hmm. So in the robot, well, there are two pilot seats, right? Yeah. So there's a gunner sitting in the front seat. That's going to be, they're going to be controlling like joysticks, just like a video game. Mm -hmm. They're going to have like uh, uh, head mounted displays with cameras. You know, these robots are probably going to have about a hundred cameras potentially on in each one. Wow. So you, so you can imagine that the, the gunners up in the front with these joysticks controlling the arms, uh, the arm cannons, the melee weapons. Uh, and they're the ones that are going to be literally just doing battle. Like they're going to be pulling the trigger, engaging the chainsaw. And then you've got the guy in the back of the cockpit who's driving. 
and that person is controlling, you know, the the track system, uh, which direction is the robot going, how fast is it going in that direction, you know, turning, moving backwards during the defensive melee battle. So, you know, if they're charging hard with the sword, we got to be able to dodge that so that we don't, we don't take a direct hit. Uh, and so that's, you know, all the things that the driver is going to be doing. And even with these two people in the cockpit, we think that it's very quickly going to, they're running out of the amount of tasks yeah. that they're actually able to, to do and, and to comprehend you know, in the moment in the cockpit. So each team, we've decided there'll probably be at least three people on both, you know, both sides. Mm -hmm. And so that third person, we haven't really decided yet, but I could totally see that person basically being like a comms person. Mm. Similar to uh, the head of the pit crew in NASCAR or Formula One, they're going to be monitoring the systems. They're going to be telling them, oh, my gosh, like we just lost, uh, you know, six cameras on the right side. Mm -hmm. We just lost like two hydraulic actuators in the left arm. Also, like talking through strategy, being outside of the robot and being able to see the battlefield and sort of help the team maneuver uh, and sort of deal with what the uh, what the Japanese team is 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 bringing to the to the fight. I wonder if it's going to be hard to watch the, your creation get destroyed, even though oh, be man. we're so excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> Both sides, like uh, the Sudobashi and us at Megabots, we are united in our passion for number one, making this happen. This is something that we both just grew up wanting to see happen. Mm -hmm. So it's like this awesome thing of uniting culture behind that. Uh, and then the other thing is is robot carnage. I mean, <laughs> that's what people want to see. Uh, as long as we give people a spectacle that is, you know, living up to some of our dreams and some of the imagination behind you know, what a giant robot battle can be, as long as we live up to some of that carnage, we're going to be all right. Mm -hmm. Totally. So one of the things uh, I noticed on your Kickstarter is you had a $10,000 level for being able to be in the pit crew. Uh, and it, you sold it out. I don't know how fast, but it sold out. You sold five of those right off the bat and then opened it up again with five more, also sold out. Uh, have you thought about doing another round of that or opening up even something higher? Like, were you surprised by how that, that, that happened? We were kind of surprised, but uh, at the same time, not really surprised. What we cannot do is sell tickets to this fight. Because we don't know where it's going to be, hmm. you know, if it ends up being on an aircraft carrier, we can't be selling 2,000 tickets to something and then them not go. So, right. you know, we stayed away from that a lot uh, in our Kickstarter. But I mean, that was, you know, that's an obvious thought. People are always asking us, like, why don't you just sell a ticket? I'd pay, you know, like thousands of dollars to be at the first fight. So we just can't do that. And so we're thinking, like, how can we bring people in and just have this super remarkable experience uh, and then it became, you know, almost obvious because we're like, crap, like we're going to actually need like help doing a lot of this stuff. And so people that are high rollers that have $10,000 <laughs> mm -hmm. and have always dreamed of, you know, working with robots and, and having this amazing experience, uh, I think it makes a lot of sense for them. I mean, some of the guys are, are entrepreneurs, they're tech guys, like one of the, one of the guys on our pit crew is the former uh, founder of Lycos, like hmm. the search search engine from the 90s. Mm -hmm. And he actually bought it for he, he and his wife. <laughs> nice. And so, you know, you've got guys like that that just are, you know, super into this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the reason it's at 10K is that actually Kickstarter doesn't allow us to charge anything more than that. Oh, so. interesting. Well, that's too bad. Yes. Yeah, so, well, I can, I can maybe mention here that we do have a contest that's going to be launching uh, next week. Mm-hmm which is going to be uh, giving away another slot in the pit crew. 
So that's going to be worth 10,000 bucks. And it's going to be basically like a hashtag or like photo contest on Instagram, you know, Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even if you don't have $10,000, but you, you know, want a chance to have like this just once in a lifetime experience, you know, I would, I would definitely recommend that you check out megabots.com, check about our, uh, check out megabots Facebook page mm-hmm. and, and look out for that contest. Cool. Nice. So you have some interesting uh, advisors working with you on this project, like uh, Grant Amahara from uh, Mythbusters. Totally. Yeah, he's uh, he's been awesome. We had dinner with him uh, a couple of nights ago, mm-hmm. uh, and just uh, such a, a nice guy, such a, a positive person. Uh, great ideas, great experience. I mean, a lot of people don't know, but he he actually competed uh, on on the original BattleBots. Hmm. So he's been building robots for combat since the '90s. And uh, that was before you know MythBusters sort of blew up like it did, and uh, and then he had a, a heck of a run at MythBusters, you know, being that guy who you know helps to build things, you know, and engineer things. He's got an engineering degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, he used to be at uh, Industrial Light and Magic, making technology for entertainment, and mm-hmm. so just like a perfect uh, perfect match with Grant. Totally, it's such a this is such a fun concept. I feel like it must be fairly easy to get people on board with being involved somehow. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, you would you would think that it would be a lot of these folks, you know, came to us. Uh, we did reach out to some of them, but it's definitely. I mean, whenever you have a giant robot, <laughs> it helps you get the meeting. <laughs> totally. Yeah, absolutely. So nothing like twelve thousand pounds walking up to your office and saying, "Hey, do you have a five minutes?" Yeah, exactly. Now we need just everyday people to do it. I mean, right now on Kickstarter, we have I think six thousand backers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're 90% funded, but we just, I mean, if everybody just gives like five bucks or 10 bucks, you know, gets a t-shirt, you know, it's going to really add up. And so that's what we're, that's what we're focused on now, because we do believe that people are going to want to see this. I mean, when, when the time comes and, you know, the Olympics are, are, are going on 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 NBC, on television, and, and then all of a sudden, right around that same time, you've got the world's first giant robot battle happening. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are going to... Trust me, you're going to want to have helped make it happen. And it, I mean, you will go down in history. Like your name will be on a Kickstarter campaign that will have launched a new global sport for the first time. Not only that, it features giant robots. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we're focused on now is not not really these uh, popular people necessarily, but just everyday people, uh, just everyday Americans, honestly. Yeah. I love those. There's a bit on the Kickstarter page under the risks and challenges section for this project, which is the main risk of doing this project is dying in glorious combat <laughs> or potentially becoming a national disgrace. The main <laughs> risk of not doing this project is living in shame and definitely becoming a national disgrace. That's our logic. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Well, I know you guys are busy, uh, probably on a media blitz trying to make this, this Kickstarter thing hit the goal. So I'm gonna let you go and get cool. onto your next thing, but it's been awesome talking with you. Yeah. Really appreciate it guys. And, uh, yeah. Megabots.com, support your American team, and uh, let's go Megabots. Very cool. Uh, today's show is produced and edited by Tom Obarski. If you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, you can go to giantrobots.fm slash 162. Thanks for listening.